Welcome to this week's episode of the Stuff and Things podcast, a very special Thanksgiving episode, I guess, just because it's the week of Thanksgiving. Um, but tonight's episode, we're going to uh, dig into Iowa's win over Iowa's gritty victory over Illinois this past weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little Iowa basketball, and then we will also have on a guest to discuss the uh, Iowa-Nebraska game coming up this week. Um, so we'll get into all of that here later on. Uh, make sure you check out uh, the tailgatesociety.com. Uh, for all your fun entertainment needs. And also make sure you go go buy some Deadeye barbecue sauce. And we'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, welcome back to the Stuff and Things podcast. And uh, this week we have a special guest with the big Husker matchup on Friday. Um, Our in-house Husker analyst, Mr. David Yankel, joins us live from Omaha, Nebraska. David, how are you this evening? Analyst, not sure about that, but good to be here. Cool, cool. Well, uh, David is my brother-in-law, so uh, I keep it in the family. I've learned to live with some Huskers, and they're not that bad, guys. Um, as long as you you get the level-headed ones, we all—I mean, we have crazy Hawkeye fans too. Um, just get on Twitter, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like so, we're talking about, just read Brett Bloom's timeline, yeah, and uh, you'll see that. Yeah, you'll see the crazy Hawkeye fans there. The big matchup Friday. Um, Huskers coming off a monster win, fifty-four to seven over the the mighty Terrapins of uh, Maryland. But um, anything to discern from that game moving forward? Uh, I mean, it feels a little better, obviously. It's kind of a big win like that. But actually, it was nice to see some guys smiling. They looked like they were enjoying <laughs> playing college football. That was fun. Uh, but then again, Maryland, pretty much one of the worst teams that I've seen take the field. So hard, hard to really figure out what's going on. Nebraska's on like their sixth string kicker. We're putting one of the McCaffreys in. Sorry, is that a name that I'm allowed to say? Oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll beep that out. Okay. Yeah, we'll bleep that yeah, out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, they got him playing like seven different positions. It's like a group of wounded soldiers again going into this game. So, yeah, great win. Fun to see him put up points. Uh, it's going to be a different game this week. If nothing else for the uh, for the weather, looks like uh, the forecast is not looking too rosy. Yeah. Hopefully not twenty mm. uh, fifteen. Like, yeah, not twenty fifteen esque where it was uh, like eight degrees. It'll be warmer at least, but I yeah. think perhaps equally as shitty just in terms of precipitation and in uh, the elements. And I'd rather have it yeah. be. I'd rather have it be colder than wet. Yeah, the wet the wet definitely changes the game. If it's just snow, you know, a normal game can sort of happen. If it's the wet mix kind and it's yeah. cold. Uh, it'll be a slog. Yeah, because Iowa not exactly uh, running the ball all that great lately. No. Um, so that could be interesting. They've 
I guess they're kind of a passing team. I don't know. We don't really know what kind of running game we're going to get from Iowa from week to week. Uh, you would think maybe that uh, against Illinois, who was giving up, I don't know, they were giving up a lot of yards on the ground per game, and Iowa, I think, rushed for 70-something. Not a lot. So, Not a lot. So, who, I don't know. I don't really have a feel for yeah. this game. And I haven't, looked, I haven't looked back at the last couple of years, but it feels like Iowa going into this Nebraska game has kind of been – you know, eh, on their running game, and then all of a sudden it seems like they get right on Nebraska, and I'm worried that's what's going to happen again. And so, you know, a little bit of false sense of reality, like, oh, we should be able to stop the run, but really that's been the bugaboo for Nebraska. It's been the slow starts against Iowa. They're jumping out to these leads. We can't stop the run. We lose a turnover battle, and then it's pretty much over. So same thing again for this year, and hopefully we can uh, establish a little bit of dominance at the line to stop those, those good Iowa backs. I do think the the emotional advantage probably goes to Nebraska here. I mean, just you know, playing for eligibility. That's I mean, that's a, a heck of a carrot if you ask me. I mean, not the carrot that Nebraska fans are probably hoping for, just to kind of hit that baseline of six wins. But Iowa, the last three weeks has had, you know, kind of a, a heartbreaker in Madison. Uh, you know, a real emotional high beating Minnesota. You know, a top ten team, Ugh. and then kind of a, a gritty win on on Senior Day against. Uh, an up-and-coming Illinois upstart spot. Illinois yeah, I, I, part Illinois of me wonders, team. you know, kind of what kind of uh, emotional motivation uh, they have left in the tank at this point. Because they know they're going to have a good season, right? And, yeah. Um, ain't nothing wrong with 8-4 and four mm-hmm. if no. you're an Iowa fan. So I don't know if uh, – it'll be interesting to see kind of as the game unfolds uh, if, if that holds true or not, I suppose. Yeah, this has been my, like, Twitter fight with people is – Iowa, even if they don't talk about it being a rivalry, like it is, and they've proven that by how they've showed it on the field. And Nebraska, on the other side, has been like, eh, I don't know if it's a rivalry, and it's showed on the field. Like they've been embarrassed sure. by by Iowa. And so that's the culture that's right, and Scott Frost is trying to impose is, can you come out and make all these games feel like a rivalry? But this one is basically Nebraska's championship for whatever you want to call it. So if you can't get up for this one I would agree. and make this a rivalry, then we are a long way – yeah, and I don't like that as an yeah. Iowa fan. doesn't that's, feel good. That's what makes me nervous because, yeah, like Joe said, with the last three weeks kind of being what they were and then, you know, what's left uh, what's left in the tank. So it's – what's the spread right now? It started at three. Um, so, yeah, David, you had you seen something at three. I uh, I saw six. Yeah, open at three. I saw six yeah, earlier I, today. I felt, like could, I felt like it could trend toward – a full touchdown by the week week's end. Well, uh, it's no actually gone down half a point. He might not be playing or playing. From uh from this morning it went down from uh six to five and a half. So five and a half. at least early betting has uh has on the Huskers to cover. Um because it's a little bit later in the week or we're recording earlier than usual, at least the uh the app we use over here in uh in Iowa. Old Bill Hill. Uh old Bill Hill doesn't have uh doesn't have the over under or the money line or excuse me, the uh yeah, the over under or the money line. Really? That's just yet oh, only yeah. the only the spread at the moment, but it doesn't have those for any of the games, uh, other than the Egg Bowl this weekend because <laughs> that's on Thursday. So I would guess by tomorrow at this time there'll be kind of the the money line situation and the the point total. But uh, of course, like I said earlier, the the weather probably will have a big effect yeah. on that. That could be a really wonky number yeah. compared to what we actually yeah. see on Friday. As as the weather gets looks to be getting worse, man. If you were able to lock in that. That under you know forty eight or something like that, you <laughs> yeah, could be looking pretty good at a bigger number uh, for sure. For sure. Um, now injury wise, I know Huskers are kind of obviously said beat up at wide receiver. 
I don't know if that Wandale Robinson's going to be playing this week or not. It it doesn't sound like it. They you know really? came out with another depth chart. He wasn't. I don't even know if he was listed again. So I, it didn't sound like he was probably going to play, and which is too bad. But yeah, that is kind of what it's been. Um, and then I still have PTSD from Demirne Pearsonell. So yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and Stanley Morgan. Etc. Yeah, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. I, I'm still really afraid that Marlon Mucky has a year of eligibility. He was the best <laughs> running back that never was. He's going to come back and, you know, probably weigh in like 250 and just pound Iowa. You know, if you feel that way, just think how we feel about guys like George Kittle. I mean, Touché. he's got to show up and start playing at some point, right? Like, I mean, Mark Wiseman. Like he was there. Mark Wiseman is on staff. He is a he's a strength and conditioning guy. He could probably suit up oh, and yeah. give you give you a couple yards at the goal line. Yeah. Um, JD Spielman's good to go, right? I believe he's back yeah. and been playing. Yep, and uh, he'll be he'll be interesting because you know he's going to get his, and that's been what teams have found is you know once they they let him go, then they kind of double up on him or figure out some schemes against him, and then he kind of goes quiet. So if if he's able to get some touches, he could he could really open some things up. But uh, you know, Iowa's defense they're they're pretty salty. They know what they're doing. They haven't given up too much as far as it, it's going to have to be some other role-player guys or guys stepping up to, to get some yards. Speaking of role-players, is Kurt Warner's kid getting much run out there? Okay. Yeah, he was hurt most of the year, and actually he's one of the better receivers, good blocker, real physical, uh, but he just hasn't had a lot of game time. So yeah. uh, what it, we've seen the last few games, he's been good, but uh, you know, just hard to know who they're going to roll out there. Yeah, and I saw another senior uh, receiver, Torres Meniscus, and he's done for the year. Who's that? Uh, yeah. Uh, Noah, I think is his last name. Noah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was a transfer from Cal. This That's year. right. Yeah, he's a grad transfer. Receiver. It didn't seem like Martinez could find him, let alone anybody early in the year. Kind of got it going, uh, but yeah, that's just one of those like, what? You know, what the hell? But yeah, just next guy up. Speaking of uh, Martinez, like, how, how do you gauge kind of where he's at health wise? So obviously, you know, with he, he's a dynamic playmaker, but that tends to lead to him getting, uh, you know, quite a good contact. If you had a percent, put a percentage on his health, where do you think he is coming into this game? I don't think he's been totally 100% healthy all year. Now, I saw him up close and personal. I mean, I like almost shook his hand, and I thought he looked bigger Sick than last year. I thought that was like, okay, stack this guy up to get him ready to take some beatings and run a lot this year. But then it was like indecisiveness that seemed to you know, kind of get in the way. And then I just decided he must've been hurt. And the yeah. coaches have intimated that, you know, after the season, you'll find out that he's had a banged up knee, a banged up shoulder. Sure. I mean, so I would guess he's never been at more than 85% the whole year, which mm-hmm. is, you've seen some flashes. He can do it. But when that indecisiveness and injury get together, it's, it's it doesn't look good. Sure. And of course at this juncture in this season, you know, there's probably nary a big 10 position player yeah um who everybody's, is who's, everybody's got their bumps and bruises but 100 percent um yeah if, if quarterback run game going it'll you know that'll that'll give iowa some fits you saw it last oh, year a little sure. bit you know he really decides to make a play he can do it uh but uh I, it doesn't feel quite the same as last year not not quite as bo jackson tecmo bowl-esque <laughs> yeah yeah and what and Diedrich mills will be Leading the charge out of the backfield, I'm assuming this weekend or this on Friday, and has proved that if we can get into the red zone or within ten yards, quit messing around, give that guy the ball. He's been running tough. Get in the end zone. Enough with this shovel pass, dumb stuff. Like it's a condensed area. Give the guy the ball. Let him run in. He's been good. 
Yeah, and as far as the defense, um, kind of the big names on the defense, Ole Mulberry, I feel, I feel like it kind of starts there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, up and down, you know, good leader. A lot of times you watch and you're like, oh boy, where's he going? <laughs> and uh, that's just, under, you know, they've a lot of teams have keyed in on him. You can get some mismatches. He's just not a super fast guy. It's not like a Levante David that they had. You know, he's yeah. not an eraser, but he can coach the defense. So when they're set up and they hit the right, you know, gaps and, and they're sound, like, it, it, it's good. They've, they've been able to stop the run, and then, you know, it, it's just those just so broken plays that it seems to still kind of get him and a few of the other guys, and it just goes bad from there. Where, where do you feel like you see that the most, at the kind of up towards the line of scrimmage on the on the front seven linebacker level or more so in the secondary? Yeah, linebackers come... have been exposed, and that's been ongoing now for, oh, God, I have nightmares of jet sweep against Wisconsin in the Big Ten <laughs> championship game forever ago. And so you get those guys in the edges, they have to cover a receiver, even a tight end, you know. I assume I will look for that as a mismatch. But our front four hasn't gotten any pressure on the quarterback really whatsoever this year. And so it's dependent upon those guys to come down or fit, you know, fit in those gaps, and then if they don't, they whiff or they're arm tackling. So um, if you can get those those linebackers confused, which seems to happen, you're going to have success getting on the next level, which makes it pretty easy to establish a run game and uh, get some yards. Well, yeah, and it'll be interesting because, I mean, this past week was the first week of the season where Iowa really used the tight end, surprisingly. Um, I think they had over 100 yards collectively. Uh, between the two guys that or three guys that they used to throw to, a lot of them were big chunk plays yeah. too. It wasn't like they kept going to yeah, them over no, and over. No, it was. I think it was maybe five or six yards. catches, maybe for the whole day. Um, but so we'll see if they can kind of develop that. They've maybe found something in the true freshman Sam Laporta, but the other two guys, you know, one's a fifth-year senior, and the other guy's he's a role guy, Sean Byer. If there's uh, such a thing as possession tight ends, yeah, they might be it. Yeah, not, not playmakers necessarily. Um, that's like the New England Patriots style right there. I mean, hard to, hard to defend that. God, I'd love to become the Patriots of college football. Um, just just not their post-career. Yeah. Yeah, no. Let's stay away from the murder and all that stuff. But. What's your Bush Light to Runza ratio going to be on Friday? Yeah. That's oh, a, man. That's a crucial question. Oh. You, you could, know, I don't I don't Runza too much. You could insert morning. Valentino's. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. You know, my, my typical fare is like a Runza and a Valentino's slice of pizza upon entrance. And then after that, I'm usually too nervous to eat, or I'm just so pissed off. <laughs> Run the damn ball. Yeah, yeah. If there's a close tailgate, you know, get out at halftime, they do let you leave. So do they? Uh, oh, that's yeah. Right. That's well, right. I, know, I think I think my company, Alt Inspro, I think has a tailgate close, and they usually do a lot of a lot of good stuff. But um, I don't know if I want to mix business yeah. and pleasure there. Well, that being said, we probably should make it <laughs> yeah. clear that we will all three of us. Yes, be we will all be there in Lincoln this Friday. So for anybody who's out there. And wants to meet the internet celebrity that is uh, Pete Seibert. <laughs> uh, go ahead and just slide in the DMs or uh, add us on Twitter. We'll be around. Yeah, bring Rumplemans. Uh, th- there will be Rumplemans. There will be Rumplemans. I mean, that might be the only thing that'll keep us warm if we're outside. Well, it's exactly. It's a it's a protection thing. That's the rough part. If we go to one of the one of the indoor tailgates, I mean, that's not like a like if we go to the hot huddle, no bush light. Yeah, just just like just bottled beer, like just hotel beers, just, hotel beers. Just, yeah, Bud Light and Budweiser. So we drank a lot of those in twenty. Was it twenty fifteen? Yeah, because we it was too cold to tailgate outside. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, that was the most miserable. Might have been twenty thirteen. That that was terrible. Twenty fifteen was one of the coldest football games I've ever been. Twenty fifteen. I t- I don't think I tailgated with you in twenty fifteen. I think I was. We went to the hot cuddle. I know we went to the we went to the hot cuddle that year, because um, yeah, it was, and we were like just in the hallway 
because it was so crowded that you couldn't even get like into the ballroom. In like the ballroom, yeah. You were just sitting yeah. in the hallway. And an, and an unnamed mother of Pete <laughs> kept bringing the beers. It was incredible. Sounds yeah. terrible. Scary Mary Ooh. was out and about that day for sure. Um, well, we could always take you down to get some Elk Creek water. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed. I've never done that. Well, depending on how things go, especially weather-wise, uh, I'll say that for the third time. Um, I don't know. I, I might just be sticking around Lincoln Friday night as opposed to trying to get out of Dodge and fight fight people, fight the weather, and just get back to Des Moines. So yeah. if you'll be around, David, I think uh, you know loser buys first round, and then we can just see where the night takes us from there. Well, I don't know. I mean, you said fight people. I mean, oof. I don't know if I'm <laughs> You mean like real fighting? Uh, no. I, no. Know, I know what you mean. Like fight over who buys the next round of Bushlight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it would yeah, be my pleasure. Yeah. No, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Real kind stuff like that. Um, and yeah. Odd kickoff time, too. This is kind of an old school kickoff time, like one thirty. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing Tom else going on. Tom meets leather. Yeah. Clock, 1.30. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it definitely. And the first year, it's the first round that, or first time that BTNs had the game also. I found that interesting. I don't know. I think yeah. they're going to be... Are they going to oh, be at the like oh, the, deal. the morning show? No, I assume. I assume. No, I assume. Well, BTN their tailgate might be because the big fox. Yeah, that's what the I big figured. Fox show. I assume they're Ohio State and Michigan though. Yeah, on Saturday. Almost, almost certainly. Yeah, I want. I want to because it seems like watching BTN, they're really pushing it in their commercials and stuff. So maybe they are going to be there somewhere outside the stadium. Well, that seems more miserable than tailgating. Yeah, that would Sitting be out awful. There not drinking. And yeah, analyzing and talking. Ugh. Ugh. And there's not a whole lot much uh, left to analyze either. No. Kick kick the damn ball at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to wish the season away by any means. I know. But, it's real depressing. But I wouldn't mind fast-forwarding to... The season's already over. To 1.30 on so Friday. What, so what's on the line for the Hawks? Give me the bowl breakdown. Like, you know, does this win or a loss really change their trajectory on the bowl side? I think a win really tips them towards um, Holiday Bowl probably. But it's going to depend on what goes on at the top of the standings yeah kind of yeah. who who you know ohio state presumably is in the playoff yeah is, is another big 10 team going to jump into a new year six like a penn state penn perhaps state jump in there who goes to the rose bowl and then you know it's i think i like the wisconsin minnesota game will probably i mean that's another big one that'll help probably start breaking down the uh, pecking order because if if wisconsin beats minnesota and goes in and loses to penn state would it, that'd be a three loss team going to the rose bowl yeah. Four, no, it would be three loss. Yeah, three loss team going to the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, that'll be interesting. But I think it's holiday or red box, really, at this yeah. point. I uh, I don't think. Wait, what's the red box? It's like in it's in Santa Clara. It's in the Forty ers Stadium. It used to be the. Uh, uh, that used to be like the Foster Farms. I think it was yes. the Foster Farms Bowl. Yeah, it used to be Foster Farms. Yeah. Now the Red Box Bowl. Yeah. I because Red Box is apparently still a thing. I am out of the bowl. I am out of the bowl. Uh, knowledge it has been a while so well, would, some of these bowls have changed nebraska things. could probably you think get music city if they win i think i think maybe music be, city could be a possibility well, that's that's drivable that, that or a, pin, a pinstripe maybe pinstripe just don't go to the quick lane you don't want nobody wants to go to detroit in december no, no i i turned down that in my yeah like no we'll just take the extra practices <laughs> no. yeah thanks but uh, no well we'd rather go watch uh nebraska basketball Crickets on that. Yeah, it's been a rough start. It's been a rough start. I think both Iowa and Nebraska are going to have rough years as far as basketball goes. Well, 
Well, at least at least Nebraska could expect it. I mean, this is kind of Hoiberg's first year at Iowa State was kind of a train wreck too. True. I feel better about what I'm seeing and hearing because people are like, hey, this will this will get turned around, as opposed to what's going on in your town when uh, everyone's ready to jump ship after a couple games. Oh my god! And they so, just like hate everything that's happening there. Uh, I mean, it's so come on. it's so unbearable sometimes. I mean, the the DePaul game was bad with Iowa, but good god. Yeah, people forget that basketball is not like football, and yeah. it's not one of a handful. You yeah. know, it's one of a few dozen games. So, I mean, yeah, looking but at I did, it, they and... do. Um, you know, nobody's getting any favors by by fandom with the way that basketball is getting structured. You're having a lot of late games, weeknight games. Weird, hard, they're making it hard to watch. That are not marquee. It's it's they're they're making it hard for people to want to go watch the the just their team. You know, it's really only credited toward the top. ACC, Big East, you know, type teams, and then everybody else is kind of stuck. So I'm not, I'm not that surprised that fandom is angry because they're not given a lot of opportunity to really go cheer for their team. And that's yeah. the thing is, like us here in Des Moines, if we want to get a game in Iowa City, but it tips off at six o'clock, we have to leave work early, you know, and take off early and try to play in that whole thing, and that's just more headache to yeah. get over there and do it on yeah. a school night. Yeah, I mean, simultaneously, too, yeah. you could easily find a way to complain about an 8 o'clock tip-off, too. Because yeah, because you're getting yeah. home at midnight or yeah. 1 o'clock. So, so it, yeah. I, I miss the good old days when every game was on. Like, if it, being on ESPN was, like, a big deal, and every other game yeah. was on, like, the local Fox channel. Yeah. The good old days. But uh, now get off my porch. <laughs> yeah. well, is, it, is it prediction time? Should we get into some predictions? Should let the guests go first. Uh, guest, say, of, guest of, guest honor, of go? honor. Yeah, I. Uh, you can you know do a head I have pick. to pick my boys, but That's I okay. don't feel good about it. I mean, this could be like a seventeen fourteen game, and that would be because Iowa really did some dumb stuff, and I just <laughs> don't know how that's going to happen. But that's about how I see it: twenty seventeen or seventeen fourteen. Uh, Iowa's going to jump out to, to, to a lead. They'll get their run game going for a while. Nebraska will figure it out. But I feel like just all the dumb, weird things that have happened with Nebraska and illegal procedures on kickoffs and coming out of a timeout and having false starts or illegal formations, like that's just kind of who they are. Iowa doesn't make those mistakes. So you're going to have to turn them over, stop their and uh, hope to get a couple of flash plays out of somebody for Nebraska to, to score. And they got to score in the red zone. That's that they got to convert those points. So. Uh, I'll make the prediction just because I have to. I'll go seventeen fourteen Nebraska. Seventeen fourteen Nebraska. What do you got, Joe? I'm gonna I'm gonna see it the other way. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to buy your Elk Creek water, uh, but I'm gonna go twenty four seventeen, and it's and it's closer than that. Um, so I mean, that's a that's Iowa beating the spread. Um, I don't know what the over under is, but I see, you know Iowa by a touchdown. I like the under. Uh, whatever it is, twenty four seventeen. My confidence level is probably about the same as yours, though, David. Perhaps that's just me emotionally hedging my my, my bet here. But uh, Hawks by a touchdown, but it's actually closer. Maybe even Nebraska has a chance to tie it up towards the uh, you know final minutes of the game. Doesn't doesn't quite get there. So, yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I was thinking like a 20-13, to 13, where it's going to be close to the end. I was going to have to get a stop to, uh, to solidify the victory. But uh, I, I would definitely say take the under. Yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah, real, and, real curious and to see what I, I don't have the exact stats, but I'm pretty sure recently Nebraska against like any ranked team against the spread has been like two and a gajillion or something like that. So for you better, it's a big there, number. It's a big number. Just don't bet your own team anyway. You're you're going into it the wrong way. But if you do, do 
you could probably take Iowa to cover. Well, in Iowa, I know is only allowed one team to score more than 20 points this season. Yeah, one team more than 20, and I think eight of the uh, 11 opponents so far have had, had their season, season low. low point totals against Iowa. Yeah. yeah. So, for whatever it's worth, the Iowa defense does does keep the opposing offenses to the, kind of the worst version of themselves thus far. Yes. All right, well, uh, yeah, that's... The only hope, uh, the only hope the Nebraska has is they have some sort of run game established like they did against a little bit of an aberration, but it's good to see that it can happen, but Iowa has always prepared well for this game, so not holding my breath. All righty, well, there's kind of our predictions. Um, we're going to thank David uh, for joining us here. And uh, hopefully it's a good, fun game. Hopefully the weather maybe changes a little bit for us and um, it's not miserably shitty on Friday. So, all right. We're all friends over beer. Absolutely. True, true. Absolutely. Well, we'll be right back after this. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, after the break there, we want to again thank David for joining us to talk a little Husker football. What a there. nice guy. What a nice guy. He's your brother-in-law? He is my brother-in-law. I hope to meet him someday. I know. he's he's. Well, maybe you will Friday. I hope so. Maybe you'll get to Friday. Um, and now we've talked about the Huskers. Let's kind of take a look back at the uh, Illini game um, this past Saturday. Um, it was, it was. I feel like, was that the first 11 a.m. game they've had in a while? It's been a it's while. Yeah. 11 a.m. home game. Home game since Purdue. Yeah. Um, they play, I guess Northwestern was at 11 o'clock as well. But um, Hawks win 19 to 10. Yeah, um, saw, saw some things that they will need to bring ahead to Lincoln, yeah. but also saw some things that perhaps uh, you th- hope maybe they got out of their, their system a bit, uh, at least offensively. I mean, the I think the running game, it's safe to say it is what it is at yeah, this point. It's... Uh, and I'll be honest, you know, I think rightfully so, or understandably so, after that first drive, you know, they marched down the field pretty easily. Yep. Goodson, uh, you know, puts it in for yet another touchdown. Uh, well, he's probably up to four or five on the season, something like I think that. so. Um, I was thinking, you know, shit, the route is on. You know, they, they, they did that with ease. I figured, you know, they kind of might take the, the wind out of the Illini sails, and then that would be that. But, you know, credit words do. That Illini defense, man, they, they play through the E and whistle, as they say. I mean, yeah. they, they hit, and you stay hit. So they uh, they kind of buckled down, and thankfully there's a, a Lou Groza finalist on the other side. And, Thank goodness. And Keith Duncan. But and It's too bad he missed two, because yeah. I feel like that's going to hurt. Heard him with those other finalists. Because I think he, I think he has four misses on the year. So five now. Is it five? Yeah. So I mean, he only had three going in that. More game. More or less, half of his misses came in that game. Yeah. One of them being a tip. Yeah, uh, yeah. The ball was tipped. The ball the was line. tipped at the line, but you know, a miss is a miss. But um, you know, both defenses kind of settled in after that. And I mean, that was basically your margin, right? Yeah. Iowa gets a few field goals, but other than the uh, initial touchdown, that was kind of it for the scoring. And you kind of felt like it felt like a game where Hawks wanted to just kind of get out to a good lead and then just kind of constrict and really just bleed the game out from there and yeah. get out of there healthy and get 
head to uh, head to Lincoln. So hopefully that's yeah. I would like to think they probably knew that they could do that. Uh, you know, with I think Iowa's defense holding the eighth opponent yep. out of eleven games to yep. their their season low in, in in points. So you know the Iowa defense is gonna gonna put them in positions. The offense did. They're gonna um, keep them in games. What what it needed sure. to do. Uh, you know I do think Friday though is gonna be one of those more uh, more so you know. Score as many points as you can when you have the ball. Yeah. Um, not that the defense can't hold up, but you know I think it's going to be uh, a different offense that they face. You know, it's not going to be this uh, Illini kind of hodgepodge. You yeah. know, but like I said, credit where it's due. Uh, went in four in a row after not only the start to the season they've had, losing to I think Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, but just also yeah, they, the yeah. last couple of years of general misery. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know that that's a that's a bull team uh, that I would just beat. So uh, a win is a win, no matter how pretty or ugly it is. Yep. And senior day, Nate Stanley had a good day. Uh, threw for 300 yards, didn't get any touchdowns, but you know still had a pretty decent day. Yeah. And actually, while we're on that topic, thank you, not thank you to SportsReference.com. Sure. Uh, in, in the middle of recording last week, I looked up and in fact Chuck Long, uh, his career touchdown total is 74, not yep. 70. So. Uh, jokes on me for just clicking on the first link that came up on the Google machine. But, yeah, Nate didn't really have a chance at getting that there in Kinnick. But that being said, I mean, solid day. Like you said, a 300-yard passing day. Mm-hmm. Even did a lot with his feet really there towards the end of the game in terms yep. of uh, salting the game away with some first downs and uh, extending plays to uh, to kind of you know continue the possession and uh, work that clock down. So kudos to him. And his on, post-game. Oh, God. His post-game uh, news conference, you know, talking to the media – I mean, if you really don't like Nate Stanley, or if if it really, if you really get genuinely mad watching him play or something like that, go watch his post game from this past weekend, or just get a different hobby, or yeah, just quit being a fan because that says more about you at this point. If you really have that big of an issue with Nate Stanley um, at this point in his career, just go cheer for Nebraska. Yeah, or I mean, a- apart from you know a handful of, of players, you know the true elite of the elite. Um, you know, even at the the Power Five, Big Ten level, most of these guys aren't going to be you know uh, first round picks. They're not going to be mm-hmm. all pros. You know, at the next level. So uh, I I couldn't agree with you more that it, it's it's you know it's far beyond time to to start appreciating Nate for what he is than yep. what he isn't. I mean, uh, he went undefeated against uh, Iowa State in his career as a starter. He also, went, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. No, he lost to Minnesota. He has a chance to go undefeated against Nebraska. Against Nebraska. I mean, he had great. Individual performances against Ohio State, you know, when that was a great team performance too. Of course, you know Ohio State. Uh, I, I would submit the Iowa State game, his first game as a starter, where he threw five touchdown passes. Yep. The Outback Bowl against Mississippi State, where he threw three touchdowns when they had only given up five passing touchdowns all year. Yep. Is he inconsistent? Yes. Is he your quarterback? Yes. That's my quarterback. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, another great senior day moment was um, senior Devonte Young, whose parents couldn't make it um, from the DC area. For the game, so who meets him at the fifty-yard line on Senior Day? Kirk and Mary Ferentz. Where number seventeen? Uh, old Mary's Mary. got Mary's got Devontae's number on. Just, it just goes to show they're just class people and just great people to have um, running this program. And if you're not proud of that, again, you probably don't like Nate Stanley either. So I don't have time for you. But um, Hawks, all in all, you know, is a nine-point victory. Um, wasn't spectacular by any means, but who gives a shit about style points at this point in the year? Yeah, I mean, and uh, I'd like to think that, you know, this kind of puts them in position to uh, to kind of get over the hump. You know, they're, they're at that eight-win plateau that's kind yeah. of deemed, you know, a good year for 
um, for, you know, generally uh, a Hawkeye season. But, you know, now a chance to go in, uh, put up a, put up a number against uh, Nebraska, hopefully, and, and see where, you know, the rest of the season takes us. But, you know, I, I, I won't say I was dissatisfied uh, on Saturday, but I do think that, you know, the way that first drive, you know, when they came out all cylinders firing and just really marching down the field, I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, but they won, so it was yeah. fun. Yep. yep. A win is a win, and we'll take that at this point. Um, should we maybe check in on some Iowa basketball? Yeah, I mean, there's some actually some stuff to talk about now. I mean, you know, and, and basketball is a little bit different than football, I think, in both of yeah. our minds, in that, you know, you don't have to live and die by every game. I yeah. mean, of course, the sky was falling after that DePaul loss. Oh, my but God. Now there's a, you know, there's not just a handful of games each year. There's a few dozen games. So now that we kind of have a, a real sense of who's going to be playing meaningful minutes, uh, unfortunately, we found out some news today of who will not be playing the rest of the year in terms of, of Jack Nungy. Yep. But uh, so Iowa currently four and one on the season. But I think we're really about to find out, and, and might I add, tied for first in the Big Ten. Um, but I think we're really about to find out what they uh, what they look like come uh, Thursday and Friday of this week when they go out to this Vegas tournament. So well, first up, uh, defending national runner-up Texas Tech. Yes, uh, Thursday night, seven o'clock. Um, if you're into the whole like comparative scoring, you know, as far as teams that have played, like who beat who, and then who beats them. So the Hawks just beat Cal Poly by 26. Cal Poly also played Creighton. Creighton only beat them by I think 12 to 15 points. So. Okay. I'm just I'm really trying to polish a turd yeah. at this point. Um, cuz other than that, I mean they played Oral Roberts one by 13. North Florida is kind of a is actually a, a decent um team. They've given some teams fits. Creighton only beat them by 9. Hawks won by like 15 or Hawks so, right? Hawks won by 15, I believe there. Um, but North Florida has played kind of a, cha- a more challenging a little bit uh schedule so far this season. They shoot the shit out of the ball. Um they beat Southern Miss, so that's kind of a bigger-ish school that they've beaten. Um, so what you're really saying is, I think Thursday might be ugly, Thursday, but probably the, you know the real litmus test against kind of a an equal type of program would be you know Friday against uh, against the Blue Jays. Yep, against Blue Jays or uh, or, San or San Diego, Diego State. State. Um, we'll see. But again, I mean, yeah, Texas Tech's ranked twelfth in the country. That it's probably going to be a loss. But I think a lot of us thought that Hawks were going to get stomped by Oregon last year. True, true. Going Madison. into Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So, and also, yes, uh, Jack Nungy towards ACL, so he'll be out for the year. Uh, Jordan Bohannon didn't play this past game yesterday. I think they're kind of saving him for this weekend. Um, maybe Nungy's injury could shorten the bench a little bit and save Fran from himself a little bit at times. Uh, yeah, it could be a bit of a... Patrick so, also out hurt. Of course, McCaffrey. you know, number one feel terrible for Jack after that redshirt year, and it yeah. did it did seem like he really started to kind of find his ground and and uh, you know kind of find his groove over yep. the last couple of games, um, particularly that uh, that North Florida game. He had a really yeah. solid game. Yep. Uh, but that's a real shame. You would assume that probably Craner, um, at least in the short term, is the guy who's starting there alongside Garza yep. in the front court. I could also see perhaps maybe a little bit further down the road, just depending on what Fran does want to do with that bench, Pimsel. Uh, perhaps also. Yeah. Cordell looked good yesterday. Yeah. He, he kind of looked more like himself. And yeah. I, I think he brings a lot of attitude and a lot of toughness. I, I would bet there's some, some Cordell moments or some, some opportunities. Uh, yeah, here when they're they're kind of you know playing not the Cal Polys of the world, yeah. you know, re, in a real kind of power six basketball team. But, uh, yeah, uh, a, a real shame. You feel terrible for Jack. But I do think that 
Uh, you know, we have seen in the past where when Fran doesn't have as many options at his disposal, you know, guys are it able to stay on the court longer. They yeah, have a little bit better vibe offensively, and I don't know. They're able to kind of find find their groove and, and you know, fit into the flow of the game and not be kind of subbed in and out. And I think you, you coined it kind of like a hockey line change, yeah. you know, where it's five in, five out, kind of all in one fell swoop. Now, looking at Texas Tech, they really haven't been tested. They haven't played any major conference schools yet. Uh, I would say the biggest school they've played is Tennessee State, maybe? Eastern Illinois. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah no. LIU, Brooklyn, uh, and Bethune-Cookman, and Houston Baptist. That's who uh, Texas Tech has played this year. Bethune-Cookman, so, who I believe, uh, Wally Parks, former Iowa City West. Former, I think that sounds Trojan right. Trojan plays for, former... DMAC Bear, yep, perhaps, yep, yep. Uh, of course, teammate of uh, the the McCaffrey boys, yep. And well, Texas Tech will play DePaul actually um, on the December fourth next week. So that'll be that'd be that kind of a real fun game be to a watch. Good, a good litmus test there for both. So I don't know what we're gonna get. You know, Thursday night seven o'clock, and then I don't know when the next is the next game. Then it's it's Friday, Friday, I, so I Thursday, Friday. Yeah, uh, I mean it's gonna be a mixed bag. Yeah, um, I, I I think you know getting away uh, in Vegas one yeah, and one Vegas. is a win. Yeah. Um, and then I think you have a, a little bit of time to to regroup. Uh, but the schedule's not getting any easier after that. Uh, no, it does um, not. Cincinnati, Iowa State, you get a couple of final, um, you know, purchased games before you get into the heart of the Big Ten schedule. But, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're really going to find out a lot about this Iowa basketball and team. So here's, yeah. Oh, God. One, two, three, four, five. Here, in the next six games... Hawks play Texas Tech at Syracuse at Michigan, hosts Minnesota at Iowa State, and then play Cincinnati on a neutral court. Yeah, yikes! That that ain't yeah. So the, the rest of this year is going to be real rough before they get into the the heart of the Big Ten. Maybe game. not. Maybe we'll maybe we'll be surprised. Never know. We'll see. You never know. Maybe the next next time we we convene on here, we'll be talking about a a very surprising Iowa basketball. Well, so uh, to that point, I think we uh, and rightfully so. The talk of the town at this juncture is Joe Toussaint and. Uh, what he's able to bring. Have there been any other guys that have really stood out to you? I CJ Frederick, I think, is a guy that's gonna he's yeah. he's gonna be a dude. Um, reminds me a lot of Ben Brust, who was at one time an Iowa commit under Licklider, and then mm-hmm. was it when Licklider got fired? Did he or maybe he just backed out of his commitment to Iowa? I don't know. Um, but was a under good... Licklider, I would not have committed either. Yeah, um, but he was a real good player for Wisconsin for four years. Really, I feel like he has that kind of game. Maybe a little more athletic. Um, but man, Joe Toussaint. I feel like he's been a revelation so far this season. Yeah, so it's it's you know kind of an interesting mix. It seems like a little bit of a changing of the guard, but you still have some of the old, uh, you know, kind of the, the old squad in uh, Pemsel, Jabo. You know, the guys who are kind of on, on the back end of their careers. I mean, it, it's weird because in a way, it just feels like yesterday you're watching you know that group of guys, uh, you know, including Cook and Moss as as freshmen, you know, really put together a special season. Yep. And now, uh, you know, obviously a little bit of a different vibe this year and. No coach is going to say this is a rebuilding year, but I mean, it's, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's a it's a rebuilding year. Yeah. Um, but have a real interesting class coming in. You know, yeah. after that, in the twenty twenty, the guys who are, uh, you know, seniors this year. So uh, I think you know it's kind of we're we're playing with house money at this point. This early in the year, don't get me wrong, but I think you know this is uh, it'll be an important year to kind of see the small victories within the larger uh, picture. And, and kind of scheme of, of, you know, besides wins and losses. Yep. So that's kind of our uh, touch on Iowa basketball. We'll we'll know a little bit more here when we reconvene on a pod, and probably we'll probably take next week off. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. As, uh, so we'll recap the Husker game and a few, hopefully a Husker victory and probably hopefully talk about Wait, a bowl a, destination. A victory over the Huskers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. That was, hopefully that's not a Freudian slip. Freudian slip. slip there. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we need to touch for a second on uh, the Iowa Sim. Um, this has been a lot of fun for us. Second to the last week, right? I yeah. mean, before, yeah, the last regular season uh, simulation will be coming up this week. Um, but as far as the full season, we've eclipsed over two hundred two. <laughs> Over $2,000 raised. $200 times 10. Yes, $200 times 10. Um, going directly to the Stead Family Children's Hospital for something that started so unassumingly. Just Great word. Kind of something we just thought might be a cool idea to try has now turned into this. Um, it's just It's been really cool uh, for us to be a part of. Uh, Cody has not announced when the simulation will be this week, um, so keep an eye out on his Twitter if you're a Twitter person. Well, I'll give you a little sneak preview, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, I think it's going to be Thursday night. So I, I, I've Thursday been DMing night. him a little okay. bit back uh, back and forth this evening. He'll be tweeting out the announcement tomorrow, but he's he's looking to do it Thanksgiving night. So cool. Thursday uh, night. By the time everybody's sick of their relatives and they don't want that third piece of pie, <laughs> and you're sitting there on the couch, uh, you'll be able to scroll through Twitter and refresh and, and hopefully watch that uh, simulated Hawkeye victory over virtual Scott Frost. Virtual Scurs. And I think uh, this week's our co-sponsor, again, is going to be Knickerbocker Real Estate. They kind of helped us kick off the season. Yeah, great way to book in the year with our friends. Oh, you know, uh, Kyle, great guy. Kyle uh, and Ashley there at Knickerbocker Real Estate. Everybody there at Knickerbocker Real Estate is uh, top-notch, no doubt. Yep, for sure. Well, um, you've heard our predictions on the game. Hopefully uh, it goes as we thought. And... Um, do you want to give one last shout-out to, uh, to also the, the two winners of the yes. Tavon Fifth all the yes. autograph picture? So. Um, JBM Hawkeye and at Peter Steyer 01 were the two um, winners of the Devon Smith autograph picture. So thank you to both of you as well as the others who donated um, to the uh, Venmo at Iowa Sim for the donations that uh, the aforementioned donations to the University of Iowa Stead Children's Family Hospital. So uh, thanks, Peter. Thanks, Jason. Uh, again, congrats. The pictures are in the mail. You should be getting them shortly. Sweet. Also, make sure to uh, go check out the Tailgate Society. That's kind of uh, our home there, uh, tailgatesociety.com. We'll have all of our past episodes on there if you want to go back and uh, maybe listen to some Pat Anger, or maybe listen to some Ricky Stanzi or, or Cody Hills or Andrew Downs or any of our past guests that we've heck, had this heck season. Heck of a year. Heck of a We've had a great time uh, this season. We're going to try to keep it going as the, uh, as the athletic calendar goes on. Um, but, you know, life happens. True, true. I'm, I'm apparently having a baby here soon. I'm, yeah, that, that'll I'm gonna, be something. I'm going to have a child. I promise uh, you that will change your schedule. Yes, bit. it will. Um, but, yeah, so check out the Tailgate Society. Also make sure Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce as we record here from the Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce Studios. But I think that's it for this week. Um, so we'll uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, and um, we'll keep you up to date on what we're doing and when we're uh, going to be back on the air. You so uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. Love you guys. Go Hawks.